where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Today, we're really going to talk about creativity because I asked Ronnie if he would talk to us about his um, process, his creative process to develop a idea to a project, to a deliverable, to a client coming on from soups to nuts. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox backing in with Ronnie Feldman for another episode of Creativity and Compliance. Oh, thanks for having me. We're doing audio today, and yet I put on a nice shirt. I think our listeners know of our diverse professional backgrounds, Ronnie. Uh, I come from a legal background, and you come from the improv community. And I think that le- lends itself and leads to very different uh, creative process, if one can ever call what a lawyer does creative. Uh, so I was wondering, really, if if you pick up the phone, somebody calls, you pick up the phone and say, Ronnie, we'd like, uh, we'd like some compliance training. Uh, where do you go from there? I hope everybody finds this interesting. I'll just sort of take you through how we approach these uh, projects. Just for for the for those who I guess don't follow us regularly, we have a team of comedians and entertainers that that are using sort of the skill set that we have as performers, uh, actors, improvisers, comedians, writers, filmmakers to to take our process and apply it to these very serious things. So, um, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, this isn't very sexy, but we. We always start with um, an old adage, which is things are funny when they're true. Um, so we always start about what's true. Um, uh, so there's like a series of, of questions. What, what's actually happening in the program? Well, you know, what, explain the topic, if you could, in, uh, uh, in two sentences or less. How does it happen? Why does it happen? What are some examples of how it happens? What are some comic excuses that people give for why they do what they do? Um, what have you done previously to address this topic and how do employees feel about what you previously did to this, this, uh, topic? Uh, you know, what, what, what's the purpose and content of the training? Is it to teach people things and unpack things? Is it to share examples? Is it to have to be trackable? Um, or is it more for like communication awareness? And we want to remind people of things, um, how often will it be delivered? Uh, how will it be delivered? Like, so we usually do a questionnaire and a series of things to really unpack, like what's going on, how people feel about it. So we can get a sense of like, a learn the sensibility of, of how you're coming at it. And also to understand the audience and how they were likely to be received this information. Um, but back to the idea of like truth, um, there's an old Gilda Radner quote from old SNL fame. And she, she always said that, um, uh, uh, humor is just truth only faster, which I love that. So like, not that things have to be funny, but we try to look at it like from entertainment sensibility. So once we know all these things, we might be able to take something that's true in the audience's mind, heighten that. Uh, to heighten a teachable moment. And that's where it'll be like fun and interesting to people. And, and we can be self-aware enough to know that how this fits in within their world. So that, I guess that's the first part of how we would, would start, uh, started. Uh, you said something to me right before we started this podcast about like the collaborative nature of, of what we do. So let me spend a minute touching on that. Um, all these things that we collect from you, we work in an ensemble environment, uh, a team environment. I, I like the word ensemble more than team. Uh, this is maybe some nuance, but 
on stage when you're performing, you're an ensemble. And, and that implies that not everybody in the ensemble is the same. Like back in the day, you had Chris Farley on like the second city stages and you, but you can't have five Chris Farley's on stage. <laughs> you know, you can have one of those guys, uh, you know, you have to have a balance like the, uh, the, the intellectual reference person, the, the heart person who could bring empathy. Um, you know, maybe, uh, uh you want to have a diverse point of view from, from different people and different backgrounds. Um, so ensemble to me implies that you're having like this rich, diverse group of people. So when we tend to, create content we bring a group to the table and we use this improv yes and mindset um i'm sure we've talked about this before on the podcast but for those of you who don't know like the main fundamental uh, uh fundamental uh, tenet of improvisation is is called yes and 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 it's how we can affirm and build on the ideas of others so when we're ideating after we got all that information, we're, we're all brainstorming for a period of time and each adding a thing to the table and not uh, – we spend a certain amount of time just yes-anding every idea, every thought. And this is important because you don't, you don't start by going, well, we could do this. Well, I, I don't know if that will work because of – well, we could do this. But, well, I don't know. That might not work because of this. If you're continuing to yes but – or no because things, you never get very far. So we yes and everything for a period of time so you can uh, get an abundance of ideas. And then after we've done that and continue to expand where this could go, then you slowly but surely then put your big brains on whittling that down. Um, There's a phrase I love, which is... um, even a bad idea is a bridge to a better idea. And you never would have gotten there if you constantly are, are no becausing or yes butting yourself because you're stopping and starting. The other thing that, that this yes and mindset does is it ceases things from becoming my idea or your idea and it becomes our idea because we're all adding to it. Um, there's some obviously some learning that you can pull from that into other situations, but in the creative process we use it to create from a, um, get abundance of ideas. So I, I, I guess then, I guess the next step applying those creative ideas to these very serious, difficult things. And, uh, I want to repeat something that I've said before, which is that there's a difference between having a difficult conversation and a conversation about a difficult thing, which means that you can take a very serious message and wrap it in a different delivery device that an employee might better receive that. And these are sort of the fun things that we're talking about, you know, the, the fun ideas that we're talking about. So we tend to pull from things that we see in our everyday lives. You know, we watch TV shows and dramas and sitcoms and we listen to podcasts who tell interesting stories and we watch movie, music videos and game shows. And so we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just taking these things that we all use to to consume information in everyday lives and apply it to these very serious topics. Um, let me give a couple examples. If someone says, hey, we want to work on our speak up campaign, some of the information we've gathered uh, will help us to figure out, like, are we just promoting the importance of speaking up? You know, what is the message simply that we do this and it's important and here's how? It's an important message, a fairly simple message, but that lends itself to what I would call a communications campaign. 
um, where you can start using devices like infomercials and movie trailers and songs and jingles uh, and other short devices, even little articles and little gifts and little memes. So the, the delivery mechanism will present itself based on the need. And the need is I need to get this out uh, as often as possible, as quickly as possible. So they may come to us saying, we want to do a speak up training, but when we really unpack it, we know we get them to deliver that, get that message down to a very simple thing and how it wants to be delivered. We're like, Oh, this is a communication campaign. It's better not to put it in a course format. Um, so even if they've asked for that, we try and help the device in that way versus someone who says, I really want people to understand, to trust the process of speaking up. I want, um, people to hear examples of what that looks and sounds like. I want people to understand the mechanics of that. That could, that can be a course, but it also could be a story because you really have more meaty information there. You want, it might require you to really discuss the nuance of something. So now we're like, all right, this can't be a, a I guess it could be a song. It could be like a, uh, what was the, what was the conjunction junction and all that schoolhouse rock. It could have been, it could be like a schoolhouse rock thing, but it really feels like that's a story you want to share examples so that people can learn from those examples and hear that when something goes down, here's the process it goes through. There's an investigation and these are the resources that are available. And here's, if you were going to speak up, here's the things that might happen to protect you. That can be a meteor course or a meteor video or a, I'm sorry, I'm saying meteor, not meteor, uh, meaty as in thick with things. <laughs> um, the other way, a thing that might lend itself to is like an interview with actual leaders to tell uh, people about these kind of processes. So anyway, I bring that up in his example as like, we may get the ask of like, we want to speak up video, but when we really unpack it, it could become a very different thing based on that discovery that we do. Let, let me pause. I've, I've said a lot. Is there uh, thoughts or questions that are coming to mind? So Ronnie, how do you think about so, Ronnie, how do you think about and cadence? And by length, I mean just the time or length of of the the learning exercise, the presentation, the video. Uh, and then, how often should it be released to the viewer? Um, how do those sorts of uh, variables factor into how you would think through a project? It's a good question. I, I you know, I, I almost always take direction first from the client. You know, so like. If uh, in your mind's eye, what does this look like? <laughs> um, you know, what's what's your ideal length? Um, where are the places you 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 see this being delivered? Is it being pushed out through an LMS? Is it being posted on the internet? Is it being given to a leader? Is it uh, to to give a presentation over Zoom? So, you know, you take their direction on that, but we also provide advice. I mean, shorter is almost always better. Shorter and more frequent is almost always more better than, than longer and infrequent from a learning perspective. Uh, I suppose you could debate that, but I, I think that uh, that's, that feels like the right direction more often than not, just as a human, you know, like, would, would you rather, uh, once a month receive a 60 second thing. And if it has the same or more impact than what, you know, an annual thing that you do for, for 30 minutes or an hour, I mean, if it, it, all the learning theories would suggest that that's a better way to 
may uh, re, may may maintain and retain information right to to understand information and then maintain that knowledge over time so it's top of mind when things come up so my advice that that's typically my advice uh, also they'll say well, hey we want a short video uh, you know 5 or 6 minutes and i'm like yeah how when's the last time you watched a 5 to 6 minute video when you're like scrolling through facebook or whatever you know youtube you know people like things the tension spans are like a minute is pretty good. And if you're really unpacking something, I would say five. So we will always advise them in that direction. Sometimes the actual content itself may lend itself to something needing to be a bit longer. But hey, if things need to be longer, we usually suggest breaking it up and delivering it in component parts. So how do you think through uh, something as different as, you know, we've got 5,000 employees, 4,500 of those are here in the United States or Canada, and we like to give them some general awareness training. Uh, But we have 500 employees who are involved in our sales efforts overseas, and uh, we have some third-party agents, and we'd like to give them some more focused training. In that second scenario, do you need to to work with a client to make sure you're communicating the, the right rules or the right concepts, or is it something different? Yeah, well, th- this is one of those things that I actually think is usually budget like gets involved. Meaning, like we because the the more targeted the training or the message is always better. So if you're like if if you need us to create something for an Asia Pacific audience uh, about you know whatever conflicts of interest, um, if I know that and I know I can ask lots of pointed questions about what you know, what that audience's experience is, where they're coming at it, what their level of expertise is, all that, then I can, we can, we can make really targeted training and communications on that. The reality is most companies don't have the capacity to do that for every audience. So that brings a challenge, you know, so the broader the audience and the, uh, uh, the harder it is to make sure that you're creating something that fits for the wide sensibilities that exist out there, um, which is why we tend to recommend once again, a variety of shorter training and communications than one big bloated thing. Um, so even if it's going out to everybody, you can create, uh, a, a variety of different wrappers around these messages so you know like even if you're it's a it's a speak up message or about the hotline and the importance of speaking up or or even if it's about corruption or bribery whatever it is that you're saying that message similar messages in a bunch of different ways so that way you can push if you have to push things out to everybody you're pushing a, a few little things out to everybody that all look and feel a little bit different and that gives you the best chance to connect with everybody because some people are going to res- something's going to resonate with some people and some of it's going to resonate with others. So uh, I, I'm sort of answering your question two ways. The more targeted is always the better, but if you can't do that, then variety and surprise uh, is always helpful because you're mitigating the risk of doing the one thing that's not going to resonate with everybody. Ronnie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted to see any examples of uh, your company's work, uh, where can they go to find it? Oh, well, sure. You can always contact us at learningsentertainments.com. That's learning with an S and entertainment with an S. Um, um, 
Yeah, that, like we have uh, lots of fun stuff to share, and, and we're constantly creating and, and trying new things. Um, and you know, we can share. Uh, you know, the, some of the stuff isn't it isn't super sexy, but there's a very iterative process that we use to create content so that it becomes our collective idea versus like us doing some grand reveal. So, whatever we we create, it's like we're going to pitch you some ideas. You're going to respond to that. We're going to react to that. You're going to react to that. And we're going to continually hone something so that it fits within your culture and we'll push you creatively and you'll probably push us back on messaging. And eventually it ends up being hopefully something that's really specific to your organization. So, um, uh, I guess, uh, might as well finish up with another plug learnings, entertainments.com. We'll contact us anytime. I'd love to chat with you guys about it. We are at the end of our time now, Ronnie, so I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.